take action. The thing that we don't do is, is the thing that haunts us the most. My grandfather raised me, so I, I grew up in the farm. And very, very early on, I was taught that take action now because there is no guarantee for tomorrow. Make today's count because it's better to take action and regret on that action. Oftentimes you don't really regret it. You just, I, I, I learn from it and I'm going to take better action next time or I'll change course, but at least you take an action because oftentimes the most regretful things in life are the things that you don't take action on. Hi, and welcome to the 91 Day Success Podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and I am thrilled today to have with me a friend from down in sunny Florida, Harry Kazmir with Atlas Marketing. And uh, Harry, I'm just so excited. We've known each other now for a couple of years, have talked a lot. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to, to chat with you here and share some of your story. For those that don't know a whole lot about you and Atlas and, and your niche and boat, boat marinas, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and who you guys serve. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you for having me. So as John said, uh, my name is Harry Kazumi. I'm here in Southwest Florida, but my business is to serve clients throughout the United States and Canada and the North America's market. So my general agency, we shift about four years ago. We were serving almost every industries. We still have clients in many, many industries, but about three years ago, we start focusing exclusively in the marine boating industry, primarily boat dealers, boat club, boat manufacturers, and, and boat rentals. Um, and um, we work with those clients, particularly more so to help them generate more leads, get more visibility online, increase their sales. And our approach is very unique uh, compared to other competitors in the space because what we what make us stand out and unique in that we don't really blend in and make you look like every other customer on the block, every other boat dealer or every other boat rental dealer. We take a very, very tailored strategic approach to your marketing, to your online that we tailor directly to you so that from your website, how it looks, so it doesn't look like a cookie cutter, a template website, to how your ads presented online, but also how we bring leads to you because those leads are yours, and that's what makes us different. And again, Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to chat with you and learn so much about what you do, and and hopefully I can share with you what I do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Harry, one of the things I learned and I didn't know about you, but I was looking back at your LinkedIn profile and things like that. And I realized that you actually kind of started your journey by studying computer and information sciences, and then you've moved into the marketing. Can you talk to us a little bit about that journey? I mean, uh, obviously, I know a lot of people think that people that do online marketing are computer pros, but you and I have probably learned that they're, they're two different disciplines. How did you transition from the IT side over to the marketing side? That's a very good question. Uh, it's very interesting in that um, when I left active duty and I went to school, initially I wanted to study computer science, but um, that plan, I have a love for business and really interesting and really learning how to uh, plan, execute, and manage a business growth. 
So I decided to study computer information system uh, instead. So that really geared a lot toward business management uh, with a, a, a heavy, heavy emphasis on, on technology and computer and hosting and so forth. And interestingly, with that process, I uh, I started learning how to program way back, way back. But at it, that program accelerated my progress in programming. So my background initially was in programming, which basically led me to what we call nowadays DevOps. And back mm -hmm. in the days, there was no such term, right? So. Um, I ended up working for a university and a digital marketing agency where I serve as technology officer and I build the whole hosting infrastructure. So my background, deep background, is really building servers and making sure website uh, really stay up and run as fast as possible back in the days. Um, so when I meet up my ex-business partner, we started the business my core focus was in the back end of the business where his focus was on the front end. And that means I, I run the operations and the technology piece of the business. So, and obviously being part of a digital marketing agency, a small one that is, you wear multiple hats anyway. So it's, it's just a matter of time before you, whether you like it or not, you're going to really dive in deep. So true. So, yep. And so that's so how I ended up really focusing um, in the last like 15 years, slowly shifting from my programming gig to really focusing on the lots of server infrastructure build up to in the last 10 years, exclusively into digital marketing space itself. Um, so, and more so leading and growth section where bringing more visibility to, to a business, help them generate more leads focus on bringing more sales and a slight part of what we do and part of what I help business to is using all those different system that's available to them to help them integrate different pieces of, uh, of software that can talk to each other so that you can create a workflow to automate part of what you do in a day in day out. So Oh, that's that's awesome. And I, I can imagine that IT background helps you with some of those integrations and, and different things. Talk to us a little bit, of, Harry, from your perspective as you're advising clients and that. I, I mean, we know digital marketing encompasses a lot of things from websites to advertising and, and everything in between. But you mentioned in their integration of systems that help make things go smoother and, and maybe even automate some things. Can you talk to us a little bit about the state of marketing automation and what types of tools you like to do. I'm, I'm less interested maybe in the specifics tool, but what do they allow the dealers that you're working with and the boat rental places and, and your clients, what do these tools allow them to do and how does that help them scale their businesses? Well, that's an awesome question, Jonathan. And uh, I, I find it very, very uh, amazing as I'm learning more and more how many businesses that are not taking advantage of, of different software that's out there and their capabilities. And we're not going to, into specific, but imagine, for example, as a boat dealer, you go to 
uh, most boat dealers, especially the bigger one, you have, you know, 20, 30, sometimes 100 salespeople going to a boat show. This is a perfect example. Going to the boat show season, coming to high gear. It's already in season right now, but especially for the Southeast region. So going to boat shows, bringing 100 brokers, and every one of them will be on the boat show floors, depending on how many spots you have. And throughout the day or a few days, five, six days, how many, however long that boat show is, a boat salesperson speak to 20 to 100 people at, it, at any given time. So very few of us can memorize every conversation we have. And not because those people can't remember things, it's just that you're dealing with so many people and you're on your feet all day walking and you, and it's not just people that want to buy that talk to you. Uh, you have your boss, your colleague, and we talk about everything. So there's a good chance you're not going to remember everything that's happened. How do you keep track with all those people that's coming through? Every potential customer that's coming through, it's very hard to have that one notepad to keep track of everything. So imagine if you have a system, you had a system where you could capture the basic information from that potential customers. They're coming in, they put their first name, last name, email address, maybe phone number, and the possible type of boats they want to buy or envision buying. With that information, because you submit that information, it goes to a system that automatically gets it added to your CRM. So that way, when you get back on Monday or whenever you get back to, to, to the dealer, you sit in front of your computer, you will have that information. But let's take, it, let's take that a step further. With that automation system, what if you have a system in place that automatically follow up with every single leads that come to you, put their name in that system? And that message could be as simple as, hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for stopping by at the boat shows. It was great talking to you. I know you were interested in the ABC boat model X, Y, and Z. Uh, as you know, this is a truly uh, honor and pleasure for me to, to meet you and your family. Looking forward to serve you and help you get to the uh to the uh, boating lifestyle and get the boat you want and that message doesn't have to be that long i'm just you see how much you can mm -hmm. do with that message you send that first message and now that person see ah you are very proactive and you are ahead of the game and this is truly fully automated because you don't have to actually uh sit there and email every 100 people that you you met at the boat show once you put their name in the system, the system does a sequence of email on your behalf. And some of those systems, they're already in place. They have email automation, so they can send an email. They can send a text message for you as well. Uh, they can even send a voicemail for you, pre-recorded voicemail uh, get, that get dropped. That's just a piece of just marketing automation. So you can only imagine the average boat dealers spend a lot and lots of money to either sponsor or have a booth at those boat shows. So it only makes sense for them to capitalize on every single detail they can get. And that's kind of what automation can help a boat dealer do. And you can even take that a step further. Utilize your sales force to really connect, interconnected with your, with your CRM, with your DMS dealer management software and every single boat dealers use somehow some way shape or form 
et de la software, uh, et DMS. And oftentimes, the DMS is not interconnected with the cells. It's not interconnected with the lead generation, lead management system. You can use one loop of system to interconnect it all of that so that your sales team can take a look at one customer information. They know this customer came to a boat show the first time they met us. It was at the Fort Lauderdale boat show, for example. They were interested in ABC boat, but we don't have that boat. We have this boat we already contacted in that time. We also can tie in those inventory with that person's information. All of that can fully be automated without any human intervention once you make the initial contact. I know that's a long, long explanation, but that's just to show you as, as complex as it sounds, once this is fully automated and connected, configured, you don't have to touch it. So those are the type of things that I think I find both dealers can really take advantage of, not just both dealers, but many businesses in the marine space can take advantage of. I think that was a great explanation, Harry, and I appreciate it because I think so often we don't fully understand what tools are available nowadays that can help out with that. And like you said, the I can only imagine I've only been at a boat show as somebody wanting to get into that that side of things. And, and I can only imagine how many people you would talk through over those shows. And as a salesperson, to think about the benefit of prior to the show starting, I can already set up my email. It says, all right, I'm going to send an email to first name. So it's going to go to Harry mm -hmm. and maybe a spouse if I have that in there as well. And then I'm going to have a, a little thing about whether or not, was it a family or just a couple or an individual and I can check in their record. And then I can have a, some categories of boats that I have in there. I can even have a spot to type in the specific boat if there is one and know then that it's going to actually craft a message that contains those variables. Now it's going to personalize that to you. And I don't have to do a thing. I literally can say, you know, even while the show is going on, I can say, you know, that evening or the next morning, the day after I put you into the system, it's automatically, like you said, going to send you that message. Maybe a week later on top of that, I'm going to tell it that I want it to text you to say, hey, the show's over. Let's schedule a time to come on in and, and take a look at one of these boats and, and get you into the marina and into the dealership. And if that doesn't work, like you said, a, a blind voicemail that I can pre-record a message and the fact that I can do that message one time, I can do that text one time, and I can write that email one time and know that whether I talk to 10 people at the boat show or 10,000 people at the boat show, they're all going to get followed up on in a timely manner. And we know that beats most of the competition hands down right there. I'm, and thank you so much for expanding on this. Like, you nail it. Like, yes, 100% of the time you will be the one and only person that follow up from that boat show if that person visited multiple booths. Um, so thank you, Jonathan, for expanding on that. Well, no, I just, I see it as a as such a great sales tool because I know that, you know, we all go to shows and then of course we get stuff from the companies and we get stuff on that, but it never pertains to what we did. And in today's society, we, we all are over, I don't want to say overburdened, but we're overwhelmed with marketing messages. And if you can make your marketing and sales message pertain directly to me, I'm a whole lot more likely to listen to it. Um, you know, you you probably like me both being in the digital agency space, Harry. I know you probably get emails every day like I do from people going, hey, I, I can get you a thousand leads, you know, next week if you want. And my first question to them is always, what type of leads am I going to get? Well, right. we'll get you in front of we'll get you in front of a thousand people. And I'm like, well, do you know who my target audience is? And they're always like, 
well, it'll be, it'll be people. And I'm like, I, I don't want just people. Right. It'd be, it'd be like, you know, to me, that's like one of your high-end boat dealers that sells a, a Hatteras, if they're even out there, I don't know, or a fountain, you know, some high-end boat and going, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get, you know, a thousand people from, you know, Pakistan to go look at your website. Yeah. Well, none of them are going to come by my, my boat. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and right. I love this with the marketing automation because you can be so targeted and specific and you can make that message resonate so that if I met you and your wife, I can I can talk about that through variables and make sure that sounds great. That brings to mind, and I don't know how much you've done with this area, but have you and with has your agency, have you done anything started to play with utilizing AI in situations like that where it can take in variables and then literally have the AI craft a message that resonates back to make sure those messages are unique. Have you done anything like that? I know that's happening in, in marketing automation, but that's we're on the real cutting edge. So maybe maybe we're getting too far ahead there. But have you have you used that with any of your clients at all? Yeah, to some extent, not not as much as uh, it's it, as you know. I know you are a very very big fan of AI, and so am I. Um, and AI is fascinating, right? Because the things that you can actually accomplish with AI nowadays. It just, um, and that's just the beginning. Uh, if, you, if you think about like how the internet started when it first started, you just with the dial-up and nowadays, uh, many of us probably wouldn't have a company or maybe we would have a company, but not, not where we are. So our companies rely on the internet nowadays. You couldn't imagine that in the 1990s, right? Oh yeah. So the same thing I feel like with AI is the very, very early stage. Now, to come back to your question in terms of how much uh, do we use this for our clients, to some extent, yes. Uh, so we still have a full writing team on board, uh, but our writing team use AI and we have we have restriction and we have things, uh, guardrail in, in line and place, and we have a lot of SOPs that manage those type of uh, information, uh, but not to the extent utilizing it where it's it's exposed to the outside world, to the public for our clients, not yet. Uh, so right now it's more of a very, um, um, very uh, what's the, for lack of a better word, very uh, internal um, usage mm -hmm. of AI at the moment, not, to not exposing directly to the client slash client's client uh, customers. Well, I think that makes sense where the where the market is right now, where the technology is right now. It can help with a lot of things. I know this morning I was working on a marketing campaign for one of my clients and they didn't have a lot of information that I needed. I, I, imagine that you're talking to a client and you know, you're asking for audience information and they're like, well, we want this. And I'm like, oh, we need more detail. And I used yeah. AI to help me basically do a better job of identifying who that target audience was. And it was very helpful for me to then go back to the client and go, okay, Harry, what about this? Does this represent your audience? And they're like, oh yeah, that's perfect. Okay, great. And I was able to do that in 15 minutes instead of in 10 hours uh, yeah. or three hours, which was nice, but it certainly it has its limitations. There's no doubt about that. As we talk about that, that makes me think about just changes happening in the marketing space and that from your perspective, you mentioned you've been involved in marketing now for about 15 years. What have you seen evolve, uh, especially for 
the marine industry where it's just one of your niches. I know you work outside of that too, but in that niche, what have you seen evolve as it comes to digital marketing and changes in that space that, or maybe even better, what do you see happening as we head into 2024? We're recording this the end of December. It'll be published just before the new year. What do you see happening in 2024 that dealers in particular and, and boat related in industries need to be paying attention to? You know, that's a very good question. Um, and then I, I think one of the marketing piece that will continue to uh, component that will continue to evolve and become a bigger piece of general of marketing in general is video content for both dealers. Now, part of it is most boat dealers, especially the marine space in general, actually, is a little bit behind when it comes to technology, um, when it comes to uh, to streamlining a lot of different things. So, but as we speak today, I feel boat dealers will, con will should and will continue to benefit from creating very, very organic content that resonate with their clients so they can create this very unique uh approach to customer acquisition as as you know from the last two three years uh both dealers had the the blessing of covid to some um uh the blessing and curse of covid because there there were pros and cons everybody realized they needed a boat at that point so dealers did not have inventory, enough inventories to even keep up with consumer demand. But now that's dry up a little bit. Inventory is coming back. More and more dealers uh, just realized that they needed to do marketing. And as we are heading into 2024 and behind, I feel it is the time. If you, if you are a dealer listening to this and if you just to up a website up there and hoping you will generate traffic. Uh, I'm very sorry. Um, your competitors are thinking way, way behind the basic website, way, way behind just uh, throwing a Google pay-per-click advertising up there. They're thinking big, big things from AI to generating more content, creating a better omnipresence for their dealers, for their brand and services. So. If you really want to step up for 2024 and, 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 and after that, you want to take a look at, take a really, really strategic look at your marketing, especially your online marketing. Coming back to 2020, uh, what COVID did, COVID really changed the consumer behavior. Long ago, consumers don't even want to talk to you until they come to the dealers, take a look at the board, actually step on it. But nowadays, people feel comfortable, more comfortable to go online, take a look at what you have, and they don't want a stack image, a stack video from your manufacturer. They know those are stack. But if you have a, a salesman and the dealer that hop on the boards, do it through within, with their own cell phone, that's as authentic as you can get. And those videos usually generate better views and get more customers and engagement and eventually build your brand through that. So if you're a boat dealer listening to this, digital marketing and um, 
an overall omnipresent strategic thinking should be part of your overall marketing strategy for 2024. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Harry. I think that, you know, whether you're a boat dealer or not, I think that omnipresent strategy makes so much sense. And even with, you know, uh, you and I have both obviously heard about Google's new search generative experience or their SGE that's coming out and the importance of not just ranking for a keyword anymore. You can't just want to say, okay, I'm going to be the boat dealer in Lafayette, you know, uh, wherever. I've got to, I've got to be more than that. I've got to make a connection. And as Google makes a change with SGE, even though that's just in beta right now, everything I'm seeing is is leaning towards the entire experience and becoming an expert at everything surrounding that. So if I sell fishing boats, I don't just need to talk about that brand. I need to talk about the individual features. I need to talk about why that works best when I'm fishing. I need to go out on that boat, go catch some fish, and I need to video it so that I can show people what it's like to move around inside the boat while we're fishing and how it is to deal with storage and all the things that I don't know because I'm not a good fisherman, but all of those things that are going to be relevant to that boat buyer. And I totally agree with you. We, we all have this miraculous little device in our pockets called a cell phone. And I know everybody wants to say, oh, I've got to make sure I've got high-end equipment and perfect lighting and blah, blah, blah. Folks, if you've got a cell phone and you run a business or in sales and you're not posting video every week, you're getting beat by your competition. Plain and simple. I, I think, Harry, that's just brilliance on your part. Absolutely couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I 100%. And just to extend to what you just said, uh, as you know very well, uh, Google has been Google Eats has been around for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Really, um, expertise and authority, authority, and um, and um, trust and all that, and yeah, and trust. So, with the new expansion, SGT, um, SGE, they they have now. It's it's basically a, a two times what it was uh, yes. to some degree. If you think of how deep they go into the content you generate and how well they try to understand that content and how they want to spit it out to the end user that search. To that point, let me, one thing I want to say is like, I want not just marine business, actually, no matter what business that you are in at the moment, think of Google, not just Google, search engines, they are in business to keep customers coming back. Mm -hmm. Their clients coming back. And their clients is you and I as well. So we are business owners and we are the people that actually use Google as well. So, mm -hmm. it's, uh, so it's billions of people. And Google is in the business to keep those people coming back to search for things. So when I search for something on Google, Google knows that if I get frustrated, they send me to the wrong page, to the wrong information. I, I'm starting, I will start reducing my search on Google and Google does not like that. And so Google knows if there are two businesses that are competing for the same service, same product, same category, they're most likely one of them that has authority over the other one. However, they calculate that authority, however you want to calculate that authority, there is one. And so this is where you want to put your footprint down and creating contents that are relevant that really resonate with your audience and also making sure it meets the standard of those search engines. And again, we keep on mentioning Google 
because Google is the predominant player sure. in this space. But you can apply this to almost every search engine you can think of. Every one of them is in the business of bringing customer back. That's how they make their money. So they want to provide the content and directing people to the right page when they search for certain keywords. That's why it's important for you as a business owner or marketing director, marketing managers to ensure that the content, the information on your website, information about your business in general, no matter where it's at, is very consistent across the board. And the content you are generating are content that's very, very resonating with your audience. So mm. that Google can continue to reward you uh, by sending people your way. Because if, if Google realize I search for whatever the search I, I search for, for example, uh, really white boot dealers in Miami, and your boot dealer is number one for that key terms, but also have a more information about really white boats around Miami area. And I get that, I find that information is relevant. Well, next time Jonathan is searching wherever it might be, Google most likely gonna present your page just like they showed me because I already proved to them that that search was relevant. The same thing, the next person that searched from California, from Canada, from Japan, wherever, because your search is so, uh, your content is so resonating with that target audience, then there's a good chance you will continue to climb up there. That's why you see some businesses go up on the search engine and stay there because their content is so well written, so well presented. Again, we're not talking about not necessarily having a bunch of equipment, as Jonathan said earlier. Your smartphone is the best piece of device you can have in your hand to create most of this content we're talking about here when it comes to videos. Oh. Absolutely. And and I think what's so neat about it is it's it really gives every dealer out there, every business out there is now on an equal footing place because if you know I, I was talking with a sales team this morning that I do some consulting with, and one of the questions I posed to them is, you know, when you're when you reach out and you're calling somebody new, ask them plain and simple, have you ever been frustrated about the fact that one of your competitors ranked above you on a keyword when you know more about boats than they do? And of course, we know that happens. I don't care whether you're a plumber or an electrician, a boat dealer, car dealer, doesn't matter. We've all seen our competition ranking above us for a keyword when we know, as a matter of fact, that we know a lot more about that topic. And Google has decided, like you said, they want to keep people on the platform. They've, they've realized that in order to do that, they can't just base it on keywords any longer. It's got to be based on that that Google eat your again your expertise your authority your 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 trust if you your authorship if you can't prove that to them just because you have a keyword optimized article is not going to be enough in 2024 and beyond you're simply not going to do that and more in that might means from at least my perspective I'd love yours on this Harry but that means not only doing videos but having those videos posted on social channels and having links from your social channels back to your website and writing content and and posting links again that are going to go back and forth so that when Google well they're never going to show your Facebook posts in a search result I don't think it'll ever happen 
But what they will do is they're going to track that and go, okay, Harry's writing about this on his website about boat dealer marketing, and he's posting videos about boat dealer marketing, and he's doing social posts about. So Harry, now we've been able to connect this web together to validate that Harry is who he is. He's authentic. He's got authority. He has expertise. And now that means when there's an article out there about you know marketing for a Grady White dealer, your article is going to rank higher, whether it's perfectly optimized or not, because Google's recognized you as the expert in your niche. And I think that's going to be the case across the board in 2024. And I think it's candidly, I think it's going to hurt a lot of people that have really focused on just the keywords. And it's going to help a lot of people that maybe have been wondering, why can't I outrank them on a particular keyword? Uh, so I think it's cool. It's change, but I think change brings with it opportunity myself. So absolutely you nailed it and this is what we were talking about earlier when it comes to omnipresence so it's not just one thing that you do that gets you up there and most business owners know this very very well we we know it's not just one thing that bring customers in it's not one thing that keep the partners keep on coming it's the little things that you do sometimes that may seem to be very uh, irrelevant but they carries it and we know the 20 early rules right um uh, so sometimes is the the 20 percent of the success 20 percent of your success is really sometimes um your success is 20 percent of what you really focus on the big things that you do and the rest of 80 percent may not be part of it but they still need it to be done yeah. um so the same thing for when it comes to omnipresent and you're right Although I wouldn't say never, but because you never know. Well, you know, right. I shouldn't say that. You're right. You're right. Not anytime soon. We know yeah. those guys not. But I do believe what we really in the agency world we call signals. Um, yeah. I do believe search engines look at those signals of trust, so that if you just like Jonathan already explained, if you are a boat dealer and you are you show your expertise and fishing boats or uh, some cruising boats, um, some really in, um, inland outboard, and you are showing your expertise on the specific type of boats, and you have you have content, different social media posts, different platform, uh, and you have those also submitted directly to your business category to different directories and different citations across the web those start to build trust among search engine and no you cannot rely on keywords nowadays anymore uh a single blog a month a single blog a week actually even a blog a day will not save you um it it, it can help but that has to be way more than just planting a keyword on a piece of content and hoping that you rank actually you will never rank um because google looked way not just google actually even bang and now you know very well i, I think apple is slowly creeping mm -hmm. in and putting their footstep in, in the game right with uh business directory connect exactly. so depending on how fast they go but i think they will become a player in the space like one way or the other whether we like it or not uh so those are the things that to keep in mind as you producing content and try to get your business to rank outrank your competitor and bring more customers on in the door. 
No, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that's a, some huge changes coming up in 2024 and ones that will benefit those that take advantage of them. And, of course, if if we're going to stick our head in the sand, we're going to get passed by. Yes, sir. Harry, that makes, that makes me think with the – we talked a little bit in the pre-show a little bit about economy and property prices and all that. And I know one of the things that, that we talk about here on the 91 Day Success Podcast is – starting over if you had to start over and you know, whether you were going to do it or whether you were going to advise somebody doing it if you had to start over and we're going to start a new venture a new business maybe a new side hustle you had a thousand dollars to do it everything else was taking care of your food your 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 resources your house but you had a thousand dollars to put in the business harry what would you do or what would you advise somebody to do in the first three months or 91 days to have a goal of getting to $10,000 in revenue by the end of that first, that first, you know, 90 days, any, any thoughts, any suggestions, what might you do or what way, uh, what might you recommend somebody do? That's a very good question. Um, and this is more of an opinion, um, because obviously, you know, very well, depending on where you start in terms of knowledge and obviously either the money constraint, you already mentioned it, you have $1,000, yep. but, if everything is taken care of, then there are places that you can take more risk on. Um, now, if we were to go, for me personally, I probably would stick with software uh, because I understand this better. Um, I, I know what I would need to do to bring a software to life, and I think I can get a good prototype um, up and running within a few, a few weeks and have something where people subscribe to uh, for a membership. I think coming back to membership and answering your question, the first thing I would do is do a, a quick analysis of the businesses that I find that would that could bring most membership or people signing up or customers to my front door, um, but also generating a subscription-based uh, revenue so that I know every customer that I bring in, even if I have a churn rate, meaning I lose uh, one to 10% of this customer every month, but I know by bringing additional customer every month, I know I'm keeping my revenue up and I have a more predictive revenue model in place. Mm -hmm. and I know that's a lot of words to put together, but. Again, I would find a business model that I can get people to subscribe and pay on a monthly basis. That's the first thing. So with that $1,000, what business I would start? To be honest, I probably would give this even more thought. But there are a few businesses I would start. Actually, I like the, the home services space a lot, actually, believe it or not. Um, I think there's lots of opportunities in there. So I don't know if you knew that, Jonathan. So my background is an electrician. So no, I didn't. Yeah, I'm a certified electrician, believe it or not. Um, uh, so um, I probably would go in electrician um, space, electrical space, because if you think of it, most home is becoming fully automated nowadays, and including mm -hmm. your sink. So uh, your faucet, before you open it, you can make gesture to open that up. All of that require a lot of wiring, a lot of knowledge, and customers don't want to deal with anytime those things have issues or problems or even install them. and that's that would be one space i would get and creating figure out a subscription based model within that space that would be one of the first thing i would mm, i love it and obviously with my 
with my background, knowing what I know now, with all of that I just said, right? I, I figured out the, the business model of what it would be. I know what niche I would want to go in. My next big thing is you probably hear me talking about this a lot on my uh, on my own podcast and my some of the videos that I push out, the three M's in business, right? The, mm-hmm. the market, which is the target audience. We're looking at the uh, the the second M, which is the message. How do you talk to that target audience? And the third one is the media medium, which means what channels, where do I find those the audience to get my message across them? Um, and really figure that out because that's part of the marketing piece. And once I figure that out, my $1,000, most of it would probably be going toward marketing. Um, uh, whatever the help I need, uh, because of my the knowledge I have, I think I would do a lot of um, heavy lifting on my own and get an assistant to help me a little bit, but the rest of the money would go straight to marketing. Well, great advice, Harry. I really appreciate it. And I know I didn't know you were an electrician in the past. So see, I got to learn something new, even when I know somebody for a couple of years, what things you don't find out. So that's great. <laughs> well, Harry, if people have been listening and they want to reach out, I know we do this on video. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere else. And we certainly appreciate that everybody subscribes and listens. But if they're maybe driving down the road and they're wondering, man, how do I get in touch with Harry? Your message really resonates with me. What's the best way for them to reach out and connect with you, Harry? Yeah, the, uh, it's very straightforward. Uh, we I have uh, a few different ways to contact me, but the easiest way, if you're in the marine space, uh, our primary website is boatmarketingpros.com. So that's the easiest way to uh, drop a direct message uh, on the website. Um, there's a little bubbly face in there. It looks like my face. So <laughs> you can click on the bottom, reach me, or click contact. Uh, feel free to reach out to me um, and one of my friendly team members will uh will make sure you get in contact with me um if you are a general non-marine business uh feel free to reach out to me directly at atilus.com atilus.com so that's our primary agency uh we started in that space although now we focus a lot on the marine space but we still take a few clients in the general agency world that meet some of the criteria that we have in place um Again, you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Google, uh, YouTube, uh, almost everywhere. So, Awesome. We'll we'll make sure we put that up on the screen so everybody's got it as well, and they can do that and reach out. And Harry, I just want to thank you for your time today. You've been a great guest. It's good catching up with you, other than just when I'm down in Miami and we're at events and stuff like that. So it's great to see you. Uh, Appreciate that. And uh, just want to, again, thank you for joining us today. Any last words you want to leave our audience with? Yes. Uh, well, thank you. First of all, Jonathan, uh, really appreciate you and I, you and I becoming very good friends over the years, man. I really appreciate it. I, I know you and I connecting in so many different levels. Um, not Absolutely. Yes, from a marketing agency, but we, we share some common values. So I really appreciate I have the opportunity to be on your podcast. One of the things that I can leave here today with is take action. Um, mm, great advice. A lot of time is the thing that we don't do is is the thing that haunts us the most. Um, and I, I learned this from a very, 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 very early age. Um, uh, for those of you that do not know, I grew up in Haiti. I came here when I was uh, 16. So my grandfather raised me. So I, I grew up in a farm. 
And very, very early on, I was taught that take action now because there is no guarantee for tomorrow. So that is why uh, even when I was in the military, I, I came up with that phrase. It's, and top, it's everywhere, even in my office <laughs> in front of me, although you cannot see that right now. Um, to, um, one of the, the phrases, um, one of the quote is, there is no guarantee for tomorrow, make today's count. And my grandfather used to say that all the time and I never realized how important that was until I graduated high school here in the States and realized what he, what that meant to me. Although my grandfather is no longer with us, uh, but this is something I carry on with me. So take action, my friend. If there's anything you think you need to do, just get on it because it's better to take action and regret on that action. Oftentimes you don't really regret it. You just, oh, I, I, I learned from it and I'm gonna take better action next time or I'll change course, but at least you take an action because oftentimes the most regretful things in life are the things that you don't take action on. Mm, what amazing takeaway there, Harry. Thank you, that's, that's brilliant. Well, thank you everyone that's stuck with us in the podcast. We always appreciate it. We appreciate your subscribes, your likes, your reviews. Everybody make it a fantastic day and we'll see you on the other side.